Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello, greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 184. Hey, we can celebrate. It is finally rookie draft season. I hope that you've enjoyed the drafts that you've uh, already had or are having fun preparing for upcoming rookie drafts. I know I've completed two drafts already. I'm currently in the middle of two other ones uh, this week and in the coming weeks. What I want to do is just talk about some of my drafts, uh, give you a chance to hear some of my thoughts on the rookies that I picked. Um, also give you a chance to hear kind of in real leagues what the average debt, um, what the ADP is um, for each of the rookies that get drafted. We'll see, able to spot some uh, similarities that take place in all the drafts that I'm a part of. And so Today I'm going to start by talking about what I call my diehard league. This is my diehard league. It's a 12-team league, half PPR. Our rosters are set for 31 players uh, after the rookie draft. It's a one-quarterback league. Uh, lineups consist of one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, and two flex positions. And there are no defenses or kickers. We cut back to 26-man rosters uh, the week before the season starts. So now we're up to 31. So this is one of my favorite leagues, one of my most active, uh, definitely my most tradable league. There are so many trades that happen and people move up and down the boards, both during the draft, as you'll hear, as well as, you know, all throughout the season. So it's a blast. And it's always my first draft that I do. That one and my FFPC are the ones that happen just right after the NFL draft. So let me tell you about how these picks went down. I would also encourage you, if you're listening just on the podcast, sometimes it's best uh, for podcasts like these when I list, you know, players that were taken it might be best just to go to the article that I post on our website. So just go to dynastyfreaks.com and look at the article that I posted about this draft. That way you can see it in visual form. Sometimes that helps you a little bit more when you're considering ADP for your rookie drafts. So I'll make some comments about the players that I picked, as well as, you know, a couple times just something interesting that I, that I took note of that happened during the draft. So here we go with round number one. Round one started with Brees Hall. Uh, second was Drake London. Third, Kenneth Walker. Fourth, Garrett Wilson. Fifth, Traylon Burks. Sixth, Jameson Williams. Seven, Chris Olave. Eight, Christian Moore. I mean, Christian Watson. Uh, nine, Sky Moore. Ten, my pick, Jahan Dotson. Eleven, James Cook. And twelve, David Bell. So David Bell actually made it into the first round in this draft. So just a couple comments about this first round. Uh, first, I really love that there was actually a really big trade where a player traded up to get uh, Drake London in the second pick. So... Uh, in all my drafts that I've done so far, Brees Hall has been the top pick in every draft. Um, even in Superflex leagues, he has been thus far. Uh, but the second pick uh, has been different in every single league that I've been in so far um, until today. Uh, so I was second, Drake London pick second. But in this league, a big trade was made between the team that wanted to move up to 1.2 and a team that was willing to move back. And so the team that moved up traded away Michael Pittman and his 1.6 to move up to 1.2 so that he could draft London. So... Pretty good haul there, Michael Pittman and 1.6. So Michael Pittman, just to move back four spots. Uh, the team that moved back to 1.6, if you heard me say, got Jamison Williams. Uh, so the trade was, you know, basically ended up being Pittman, uh, Pittman and Williams for London. Uh, usually I'd like the two-for-one side of this trade, especially since I expect Pittman to improve uh, this year with Matt Ryan as his quarterback. 
However, I've been a lot lower on Williams uh, during the entire pre-draft process, so I'm not as confident in him and his future as I am with Pittman's, but uh, that was a pretty good two-for-one trade. Pretty pretty common thing you might see happening in some of your drafts. Another thing I'd say in, in this draft is I have a real tear break at the end of pick number six, uh, which is where really, in this case, Jameson went ahead of Chris Olave. I have a tear break after Chris Olave with Jameson coming quite a bit, a uh, few picks after that. Uh, you'll hear more about that in a moment. Alave is my sixth-ranked sixth rookie, and at the end of this big tier break, uh, it starts a big tier break, in my opinion. Um, every, prayer af- every player after Alave, in my eyes, has questionable, you know, question marks for them. You know, if the manager had traded back to get Alave instead of, uh, you know, Alave with Pittman, um, with Williams, and, and so if he would have traded back to six, like and it would have been in my rankings, he would have traded back and he would have got Alave and Pittman uh, for giving up the 1.2, but instead he took Williams, which I didn't like as much. Um, all the players, like I said, after that really have questions. Like I already said with Williams, uh, I know that he wins with speed and with deep balls, but I question whether Jared Goss you know, has the ability to make the most of his talents in Detroit. I also have a little bit of character and competitive questions regarding Williams. Then there's Christian Watson, who's played you know less talented competition in college, and he didn't really have a great production po- profile at that and enters a very crowded wide receiver room in Green Bay. Then there's Sky Moore that falls around this range too. Uh, he's entered a crowded wide receiver room. And then there's James Cook, who has a lot of competition too in the backfield, and I don't think they even drafted him with their intent for him to be an every down back at all. And then there's David Bell. Uh, really, it's just his draft capital falling to the very, very end of the third round, uh, though I love his landing spot in Cleveland. And then there's George Pickens, who's kind of in the, that next tier too. And he really only had one breakout year in Georgia, you know, struggled with injuries, um, and has a little bit of character concerns himself. So all that to say, I feel like after Olave, there's a big tear break, and then all those players that were drafted in this in this you know round, besides Jameis Williams in this case, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, James Cook, David Bell, that's all part of tier two in my eyes, along with George Pickens, which we'll mention here in a minute. As for my pick in, in first round, um, I've, I've been pretty successful in this league. Uh, I always get in the playoffs, but I've never made the... Uh, never made the, I'm always getting the playoff, but I've never uh, even made the Super Bowl. So here I am holding my spot at pick number 10. So third place at pick number 10, I picked Dotson. And this is because he's really, he's my seventh ranked rookie right after that first tier break. Um, I have him ranked higher than almost any analyst that I know. So I'm sure that I'm going to draft a lot of him. I actually, in the other draft that I'll report on here soon, I drafted him uh, with pick number 12. In another draft here, here I drafted him at pick number 10. Uh, his, I think his NFL draft capital, you know, being the 16th pick of the first round is far greater than that of a lot of these players that are getting drafted ahead of him in these rookie drafts. Christian Moore, Sky Moore, drafted ahead of him. Um, I just think that it's better to bet on the draft capital. Plus, I love his college production. Uh, that makes me like him even more. You know, his question mark, like I said, everyone in the second tier has a question mark. His question mark is that, you know, he's likely going to be the wide receiver too behind Terry McLaurin. Uh, but I still believe that he's going to become a very reliable wide receiver too in Washington and really, you know, a very startable player in dynasty rosters uh, sooner than later. That was that was uh, uh, round number one. So now let's go to the diehard round number two. Round number two went this way. George Pickens, Alec Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, Kenny Pickett, Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier, Zamir White, Jalen Tolbert, John Mechie, Wandell Robinson, Brian Robinson. So a couple comments on this. I mentioned tier one. I'll mention now tier two. 
I said, I think, said that I think tier two is all those players that were drafted, plus the first player of the second round here, which was George Pickens. Uh, there's kind of a second tier in my break after Pickens, and from picks about 13 to 24, um, I think there's just a big wide range of players, and I think it's going to be fun to see which spots they get drafted at in the various drafts that I do. But in here, George Pickens started off there, and then it was Alec Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, and Rashad White. What was unique about those three picks is I'll call it uh, controlling the board. The same manager who traded up to select London controlled the top of the second round with three picks in a row here when he picked Alec Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, and Rashad White. Um, he chose Pierce, you know, to replace the guy that he actually just traded away in Pittman, um, added a little bit of running back depth with Spiller and White, whereas London on his team is going to be, you know, immediately startable in his lineup. I think he's going to have to wait a little while on all these second-round picks. Uh, Pierce has a chance to become a starter week one for the Colts, possibly, but we know that Spiller and White you know, really have proven veterans ahead of them. And so all that to say, it is fun, though, when you control a huge part of the board like this where you have three picks in a row. Um, I'm not sure if he made any trade offers uh, with these picks or if any trade offers were made to him you know, for someone to try to get up since he had three in a row. Um, but given the depth of the 2023 class, I think if I had three in a row in the second round this year, I would do my best to try to package one or more of them to try to get 2023 picks. Catch people when they've got that rookie fever, see if you couldn't trade them back for 2023 picks, just because this tier three, in my opinion, has even far more question marks than the tier two. Next, I said it was Kenny Pickett, Damian uh, Pierce, and Tyler Algier. One thing I've noted here with Pierce and Algier, uh, they've been the fastest risers in ADP since the NFL draft because their perceived opportunity that they have on their teams. And I understand why they've risen so much, especially in this third tier and, you know, in a pretty poor draft class overall. But it is surprising how high they're being drafted uh, after their NFL teams drafted them in the fourth and fifth rounds, respectively. Um, I reluctantly moved Pierce up in my rankings, but not near where others have him right now. His production profile at Florida was just too weak for me. And I heard last week on one of the podcasts I listened to that he never played more than 23 snaps in an entire game at Florida. And so he does have a bruising style. He's shown some pass catching ability, but I don't trust players who have not dominated touches in college. On the other hand, Algier is someone I am more interested in, but maybe not just at this price because he, on the other hand, had 1,800 total yards and 23 touchdowns in his senior season at BYU last year. And he touched the ball 304 times. Now that production alone uh, makes me rank Algier. I've got him ranked six spots higher than Pierce in my rookie rankings. I think that I'm probably going to end up drafting some Algier. In fact, I have in the, one of the drafts that I'm in right now. Uh, but not any. I'm not going to be able to get the, the price, uh, the, uh, Pierce at his price. I think he's risen too far up the board, in my opinion. was very far, surprised to see him actually drafted ahead of Algier, even though he was drafted in the fourth round of the NFL draft compared to Tyler's Algier's uh, fifth round. The way that uh, round ended was Amir White, Jalen Tolbert, John Mitchie, Wondell Robinson, and to my surprise, Brian Robinson. When I mentioned those other running backs that were uh, drafted and moved up the board because of their draft capital and uh, Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier and the opportunity before them, I was surprised that, that Brian Robinson isn't kind of in that mix because I've got him uh, just behind Algier in my rankings, but he was the last pick of the second round. Into round three, it started with Terion Davis-Price, and I'll just pause there to say, make a little comment. Uh, we got to talk about Shanahanigans, uh, Price's value is also one of the ones that rose most significantly after the 49ers really uh, did pretty high draft capital, drafting him in the third round. Even so, I was just not willing to move him up in my rookie rankings as high as I did with Algier and even Pierce. Uh, coach Shanahan, for me, he's just too difficult of a coach to trust with running backs, and I'm just not willing to take a risk on, on 
uh, we'll say price at this price because that means trusting, you know, trusting Shanahan. And I just can't do it. Of course, you know, there's a, there is a chance that price out of nowhere surpasses Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, and Jeff Wilson. Uh, there's always that chance with Shanahan against, uh, but it's just too much of a risky proposition for me to draft him uh, even this high. I know others are going to see differently, as they obviously did right here by drafting him in the first pick of the third round. The next two players, uh, three players in that third round, were Khalil Shakir, uh, Malik Willis finally, and Trey McBride. And I'll pause to say, with Malik Willis and Trey McBride, I feel like that they fell down the rookie rankings too far after the NFL draft because they were drafted by teams with very productive veterans ahead of them. However, in this draft, the rookie draft, I felt like they fell way too far. Uh, Willis uh, was you know, a great selection in this muddy third round right here. He was the guy I was actually hoping would fall to me, but was wisely taken here. I think he has the most upside of anyone drafted in this round. And the same could be true for Trey McBride. Uh, while he's playing, you know, uh, in dynasty leagues and thus, you know, it is, we are playing in dynasty leagues and thus we have time, you know, to be patient with players like McBride, even with Sackers in front of him. There's just nothing about McBride's profile to suggest that he's going to be a bust in the NFL. Um, he's just going to be a very, very safe floor, even if Sackers is in front of him for a year or even two years. And so we will see what happens uh, there. But I thought that Malik Willis and Trey McBride fell much further than I thought they would and were very good value picks here in the third round. That's the middle of the third. The way the third round ended up at pick number five in the third round was uh, Tyquan Thornton, then Desmond Ritter, Romeo Dubs, Jerome Ford, Justin Ross. Everyone went ballistic when that pick happened, wishing that they thought everyone thought they could get Ross to fall to them. Then there was Pierre Strong, which is my pick, so I'll take a, take a minute to mention him in a minute. Pick 11 was Danny Gray. Pick 12, Calvin Austin at the end of the third round. As for my pick with Pierre Strong, I was thrilled to have one of my late-round targets actually fall to me late in this draft. I wasn't, I didn't think that it was going to happen. But Strong, he is my 29th-ranked rookie, and I selected him here at pick number 34, so I feel like I got a value there. I do have to admit, if I'm going to talk about Shane Hannigan's, I also have to admit that Bilicek does not, you know, doesn't do any favors for dynasty managers with the way he uses his running backs. But he'll also let everyone compete for the job. And unlike Tyrion Davis-Price, I think Strong had an incredible production profile, albeit from South Dakota State, so a smaller school. I think it's going to take, you know, uh, he's going to, you know, take a, at least a year for him to be a regular part of the offense. But Damien Harris is in the last year of his contract, and it could be that they just choose to move on from him. If Strong, you know, shows something this year, I think next year he'll have a very significant role. So I was glad to hit, pick him. If you've been listening to me, you know that's one of the players that I said to target late, and I was glad that I actually got him. Now we're in the fourth round, and the fourth round of this diehard rookie draft was Jelani Woods, Tyler Beatty, Kyron Williams, Greg Dulcich, Hassan Haskins, Keontae Ingram, Jerion Ely, Velas Jones, Matt Corral, Tylen Wallace, the first non-rookie, which I'll mention in a minute, Kyle Phillips and Isaiah Pacheco. Wow, that was how that round went down down here in the fourth. Things are starting to get pretty ugly. We'll make a comment on Hassan Haskins that was at 4.5 and Keontae Ingram at 4.6. I just think Haskins and uh, Ingram were really great picks, value picks here in the fourth round. I think they're likely to become immediate backups behind Derrick Henry and James Conner, which are, you know, we all know are two older players that have had some kind of injury issues the last recent, you know, last years. Uh, their opportunity demands, you know, that they should get drafted ahead of some of the other running backs that were drafted ahead of them, like Jerome Ford and Kyron Williams, Tyler Beatty. I was surprised that all those guys were drafted ahead of him when they're definitely the third string running back 
on their team, if not even you know buried in the, as a fourth string running back on their teams in the case of Cleveland and possibly in the case of um, Baltimore. So I was real surprised to see Hassan Haskins and Keontae Ingram go after uh, uh, Beatty and Williams. So I'm glad and think that those good players, those managers did a great job getting some value there in the fourth round. As for my pick, my pick was actually Tylen Wallace at uh, 4.10. Uh, I was the first manager in the to draft a non-rookie. Uh, I hoped that Dulcich would have would have uh, fallen to me, or Haskins, or Ingram. Those were the three players I was hoping for. But since none of them fell to me, you know, pick number 44, I just figured I'd take take a you know shot on Tylen Wallace. You know, Marquise Brown was traded to Arizona. And I did love Tylen Wallace college film and production. I actually had him ranked in the first round of my rookie rankings in 2021 before the NFL draft. However, you know, he significantly dropped down my rankings after, you know, he was drafted one by the run first Ravens. But then he was also drafted much later than I thought, drafted in the fourth round of the NFL draft. And so given that case, he's definitely fallen quite a bit. But I look back and thought, hey, I valued him as a first rounder before he, the NFL draft. He's a guy to be willing to take a chance on here. Um, he definitely played very little last year, and it was pretty wild to think that he was actually dropped from rosters during his rookie season, even in this 12-team you know league that I'm in. And so I was happy to pick him up. I want to wait and see what he does, uh, at least in the preseason. Um, if not, he might be you know one of those guys that I cut when it comes down to our you know cut down time the last week of the preseason. Real quickly, I mentioned uh, pick uh, round number five. That was Kevin Harris, Zaquandre White, Jake Ferguson. Snoop Connor, Ty Chandler, Kyrick McGowan, Sam Howell. Then we actually had a manager pass on his pick, Charlie Kolar, and then Equinemius St. Brown, Abram Smith, and Kennedy Brooks. I'll mention my pick briefly again. I did it again. Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, I just had picked a non-rookie. You know, I had, I had, you know, just to, to think of a player that, you know, I once valued pretty highly. Um, I'll call him ESB, so I don't have to keep pronouncing his name, Equinemius St. Brown, ESB. Um... You know, he signed with the Bears, and he has a chance, you know, to win a roster spot. Um, just thought that he was worth taking a chance on, just like I did with Tylen Wallace. Uh, the, the Bears, since the, since this rookie draft, the Bears actually this week added Dante Pettis and Tajay Sharp. And so they are bringing in some more competition, so that kind of is a bit of a downer. At the same time, those additions mean that the Bears recognize that they need help at the wide receiver position after really just drafting that one wide receiver, Zelos Jones. And so... I looked at our lads. I don't know if you ever go to our lads that has the depth charts. I went to our lads and saw that they listed him as a starting wide receiver in three receiver sets and thought, I'll take a chance on a guy that looks right now to maybe have a starting position on a team with a young quarterback. So that was my pick. Other, only other thing I'll mention in this round of the draft was these last two picks, Abram Smith and Kennedy Brooks. Really good picks. They were the first undrafted free agents, or I guess not the only. They There were some of the undrafted free agents that were drafted in his fifth round. And I actually heard this week that Abram Smith and Kennedy Brooks were actually the highest paid undrafted free agents in this class so far. So just that fact alone shows that the teams that that got their rights to them um, really value them. And so as would be the case in a diehard league, very smart diehard managers picking up Abram Smith and Kennedy Brooks for the last two picks of this rookie draft. As for my roster, like I mentioned in this league, um, it's this league itself is four years old. I've made the playoffs uh, every year, but I've yet to make the Super Bowl. I've tried to stay competitive every year, and I've traded away a lot of draft picks over the years to try to improve my team in the short term and to make some playoff runs. 
and I believe this is the last season that I can do that. Um, I have a solid enough roster to be a playoff team this year for sure, but I've decided I think that I can't trade away any more picks. You know, if my team suffers injuries or the writing's on the wall for some reason during this season, I think I need to sell off pieces instead of trying to buy them like I have in years past. I'm hoping for one final playoff run this season, uh, but I do plan to keep all of my 2023 picks uh, for certain. So this is what my team actually looks like in this league uh, at the quarterback position. I have uh, Josh Allen, Mac Jones, and Daniel Jones, and Jameis Winston as far as the quarterback position. I feel, you know, I'm in an excellent position when you have Josh Allen as your starting quarterback in this one quarterback league. And I have three other quarterbacks whose value actually could rise significantly, um, you know, this season. Daniel Jones could improve. Uh, Jameis Winston gives a second uh, chance on, at life. And now um, we've got uh, Mac Jones, who really could just improve on his uh, rookie year for certain. So I've got some good assets still, I believe. Uh, as far as running backs, I've got Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb. Good start, right? But the rest is Mark Ingram, Pierre Strong, Deontay Foreman, Dearness Johnson, Jarrett Patterson, Kalen Balage, and Jordan Howard. So I have one of the best one-two punches at running backs with Chubb and Kamara, but my depth is pretty terrible. And we actually added a flex position this year too, which means the teams that have three startable running backs are really going to have a leg up on the teams that don't. And so the only way you know to add a top-tier running back in a league this competitive is really to have a terrible season and be able to pick one up in, you know, in the rookie draft or to tank um, or, you know, to make a big trade like I did. It was a big trade that got me Kamara. But now I've got the older running backs, and this is, like I said, definitely uh, the weakness of my team, and I need to get younger. As for wide receivers, I've got Keenan Allen, Jahan Dotson now, uh, Adam Thielen, uh, Devontae Parker, Robert Woods, Tim Patrick, Nick Westbrook-Akina, Antoine Wesley, Josh Reynolds, Ashton Doolin, Tylen Wallace now, Auden Tate, and Equinemius St. Brown. So my wide receiver room is growing old, very old. If Parker makes somewhat of a surprise improvement uh, this year with his new team at the Patriots, uh, that could help me in the short term, but I really need to get much younger wide receiver. I was able to draft Dotson in this draft, like I said, but I really need you know Tylen Wallace or Ashton Doolin, who I'm actually kind of high on, to maybe win out that job over Alec Pierce this year. I need one of those guys to do something to give me some youth because Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Devontae Parker, Robert Woods as my starters, uh, that's an old bunch for sure. Finally, at tight end, I've got Dawson Knox, Logan Thomas, Adam Troutman, and Robert Tunyon. Um, I don't have a stud tight end, that's for sure, but I'm pretty confident in these guys that I can kind of stream the tight end position pretty well with this group. Dawson Knox was great for me last year. Uh, you know, had an excellent, he was an excellent stack since I have Josh Allen. However, we know that his production was mainly boosted by all the touchdowns that he scored. You know, if he gets more involved in the offense, he could be a stud. And I think Thomas, uh, Logan Thomas, when he's healthy, he gives me a really solid uh, floor, just needs to stay healthy. And then I'm excited about Troutman. Uh, this, you know, third year here in New Orleans, maybe this is the year that he finally breaks out. And then, of course, I've got uh, Robert Tanyan, who actually picked up off of waivers uh, just before our rookie draft uh, when Devontae Adams was traded. I thought... I saw that Tanyan was out there and thought I might just pick up a lot of extra targets because of that trade. So we will see on that front. A team that's going to be competitive, but a team that is in like a very short window to still compete. Hopeful that I can make something happen with this team. Again, I'd encourage you to go to the website where you can actually look at the article and see the average draft position. I list all of them out there, and you can see who was picked where compared to your drafts. I might give you a little wiser, you know, head up on your, your little step ahead of your, your league mates. 
Anyway, that was a diehard draft. I hope to keep bringing you these drafts and talking about different players and different things that occurred during the drafts. It's fun. We all love to talk about our drafts. The drafts are the best part of the Dynasty season. Hope you're enjoying yours or enjoying preparing for yours right now. That's going to be a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I'm much better on email than I am on uh, Twitter, so contact me that way. I also say I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me as an independent podcaster. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.